नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू द भारत वार्ता पॉडकास्ट हम रोशन कार्यपा ओ और ओपन नेटवर्क फॉर डिजिटल कॉमर्स इज सेट टू ट्रांसफॉर्म ई कॉमर्स इन इंडिया एंड टू अंडरस्टैंड मोर अबाउट दिस इनोवेटिव इनिशिएटिव एंड इट्स इम्पैक्ट Uh, we have a couple of very special guests. Uh, Mr. T. Koshi is the CEO of ONDC. He focuses on building digital solutions to population scale problems. He has earlier been a senior exec at NSDL and Ernst and Young. A uh, welcome to Bharat Varta, sir. Joining him in conversation, we have Nikhil Kumar, who is the co-founder and chief evangelist at Setu. Nikhil was earlier with the iSpirit Foundation, where he worked on building a developer ecosystem for UPI and GSTN. Welcome back, Nikhil. Great to have you. So there's a lot for us to discuss today, and I'm really excited for our conversation. uh but maybe to set the context uh, we can begin with you mr koshi if you can describe the circumstances leading to setting up ondc what was the background uh, and what led up to it that would be amazing ondc uh came up as an initiative the ministry of commerce dbiit you know when the pandemic hit our country really badly there had been uh, a concern about how to reach goods and services essential services to people and um, access to the markets both by the sellers and buyers digital solution was considered as an idea and a small team was set up to think about it and as they were working on it you know while they looked at many of the short term solutions they also came to the conclusion that there's a need to think about a long term solution which will sort of make the whole digital commerce a much more um, common phenomena used by larger cross section of the society both in the in terms of the merchants on one side and the buyer, buyers on the other side so uh, um, you know steering committee was set up uh, and that sort of uh, steering committee uh, uh, added more uh, experts like nandan and arish sharma and dilip aspe and arvind nanjani anjali uh, and so on so forth they sat together and uh, with the minister dpit uh, additional secretary anil agarwal and uh, evaluated what are the kind of possible options so it was at the same time the the, the team from beckon was working on an idea uh, of an open commerce where they had some work on where they had done some work on the uh, mobility side and that come to the conclusion that that can be extended into many more areas from health to commerce and so on and so forth so these two things happened parallel and they came together and they decide then they came to the conclusion that an idea of, of an open network is something that can be really revolutionary in terms of expanding the reach of digital commerce in india that was the sort of serendipitous way in which uh, the idea of ondc came and then uh, you know the, the the advisory council proceeded with the idea and got initially a project team to look at it and then they came to the conclusion that there's a strong implementation possibility discuss with the minister sri piyush goel who sort of endorsed and blessed it and that's how we started the whole story last year right so nikhil this sounds uh, very transformative but could you explain how ondc works uh, from a layman's perspective yeah sure roshan the uh, as koshi was mentioning the 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 overall goal which is very important to understand is how do we increase digital commerce in the country and when you think about this at a country scale like india uh, you have to think about large scale platforms to begin with right because we are not talking about a small incremental shift in commerce we are talking about a transformational or an orbit shift in commerce so in order for you to think or leapfrog you know we have to put on this idea of platform think right uh, to how do we build platforms that basically make these orbit shifts happen in india and uh, we have had fair amount of success in india with this as you know we've spoken about 
this. Aadhaar was one such platform from an identity perspective. UPI was one such platform from a digital payments perspective. So very similarly, the there has been this platform thinking around ONDC. As Koshi was mentioning, uh, there was a team under Dr. Pramod Varma and Nandan and many others who were working on this protocol called the Beckin protocol, which basically forms the backbone of this platform. So what does this mean for you as Roshan as a consumer and let's say Nikhil as a small business owner is today if I'm a small business owner, if I have to sell my products, the way I would sell these products is, you know, I would probably have a store. Let's say this is e-commerce 1.0 in India. And what happened is once there was internet that came about as a seller, I started selling my products on marketplaces like Amazon and Flipkart. The reason I used to sell these on marketplaces like Amazon and Flipkart because they would solve access to customers. They would solve access to you know payment services they would also solve logistic services so in india e-commerce 2.0 was all about selling on marketplaces and then there was the d2c wave so once payments got solved as a problem once logistics got solved as a problem now you as a small business owner you could now start selling on your own on your own website so this is e-commerce 3.0 now what ondc is trying to say is hey nikhil you already have these selling points how about we give you a digital store or a footprint in 100 other applications and not just yours so what this means for me as a small business owner is ONDC basically allows me to get onto this ONDC network, which is an open commerce network. And once I get onto this network, I become available on multiple other touch points where consumers come to buy, right? Uh, and it's not just restricted to my physical location. Say I could be an artist in Jodhpur, but you know, I'm, I'm not restricted to my market only in Jodhpur but not just my website, not just my marketplaces, but actually everywhere where consumers go to buy. This is on the seller side. On the buyer side for you as Roshan, is Roshan today uh, buys products, you know, like I said, if you mirror the seller's world, you might go to a market and buy products. You might go to a marketplace and buy products. You might go to a website and buy products. Now in India, as you know, we've had this transformational effect where there are many new applications that have become the choice of product for end consumers for example it could be payment applications that you may use every day right for example it could be a upi app like phone pay or you know it could be uh, it could be google pay or it could be paytm and so on and so forth now what if these payment applications could also become a point of purchase for you as roshan uh, so today you anyway do a lot of commerce transactions without you realizing for example whenever you buy a web buy something on a website you might complete the payment on phone pay uh, you may be to be doing your bill payments on phone pay now what if you could also order products on phone pay um, and buy from multiple different sellers who are now coming onto the ondc network uh, so this is what your life will look like as a consumer you'll actually have more choices uh, to buy from uh, you will have better payment methods for example apps like phone pay and google pay will solve the payment method and customer support etc etc for you uh, and then you'll have a wide selection of items to choose from uh, or price codes from various different sellers who will essentially where you can choose as the buyer of who do i want to buy from uh, and what quantity and so on and so forth so Nikhil, i think a couple of things you mentioned uh, are important right one is that it's a network or a protocol and not a platform. 
uh, right? Uh, so you could think of it as how HTTP, for example, is for content on the internet or SMTP is for email. Uh, I think that's an important uh, sort of a distinction uh, to bring out, right? So Mr. Koshi, the e-commerce category in India has been, you know, 15, 20 years in the making. We have about 7-8% uh, of penetration. And there have been a lot of investments uh, from major e-commerce companies uh, over, the, over the years, right? What is their response to, you know, what uh, ONDC is effectively trying to do, which is, you know, open source uh, plenty of these uh, things, right? So do you see any pushback or are they sort of embracing the innovation? Well, you know, what do you expect from them? No, as, as of now, with all my interaction, they have not said any pushback or anything. And uh, probably, you know, if I think like him, because all my interaction had been very cordial with the existing players, the big and the small. But even if I look at from as an outsider looking at this is that when you have something like an open commerce coming which is increasing the competition i will be a little uncomfortable which is natural because that sort of uh, reduced my opportunities but on the other side i'm sure that they will realize that such an initiative could significantly increase the total market that is there and they will uh, be able to continue to service to the specific segment of sellers and buyers who might be their loyal customers for a long time or may continue to do so. So uh, the way I look at is, um, if you look at a you know, restaurant or hotel market, we have five-star chain, three-star chain, two-star chain, and so on and so forth. So in the digital commerce, I would say that currently that we have what we have some servicing about six, seven percentage of the seller side and about one percent of the buyer side is one such segment. But the market, what we are trying to do is to enhance the market and more, more and bring about all segments of players, all segments of players, both on the buyer side and the seller side. And that is something what is good for our country and for the people. So while there could be discomfort in uh, you know the people uh, when you are changing the established domain, I'm sure that they will realize the benefit of it and they will join for it, join the same. We saw the similar kind of thing when UPI was started. If you remember, we had established player. And if you also look at what it has done is not, it has not taken away much from the established player. It has only expanded the market maybe 10, 15 times. And that has been managed by such an open idea. And that's why we see fantastic interest that's coming from uh, very many quarters to bring about more investment because they believe that there's more opportunities for uh, seller side platforms and buyer side platform as against the current level of concentration that you see to about maybe two or three, maybe four at best who sort of going to have 80 90% of the market so at this point do you have any ecosystem partners uh, signed up uh, on the uh, for the network and the initiative of course yes we have as um, as of now there are 80 90 of them under various or over 100 of them under various time stages of integration so what we did is uh, some of the people who have already started integrating in the beginning and we said we should come together and really uh, set up a small network to demonstrate that it works in field so one buyer application five seller application and one logistics application has come together and we have sort of launched a limited scale pilot if i call that uh, for uh, participants who are uh, in the network by invitation because we are trying to test out how it works uh, because as we heard earlier it is a network it is not a central system uh, and the network will succeed only the players are able to do it smoothly and so we thought it was important to demonstrate that in the field so uh, and we launched this limited kind of um, uh, testing in five cities which is Bangalore, Delhi, Bhopal, Coimbatore, and Shillong, you know, all parts of uh, India, big and small. And uh, daily about uh, around 100 transactions are done. And coming week, we will extend to, expect to extend that to a larger number of transactions and larger number of people who will be sort of testing it out. 
Right. Great. Nikhil, what do you think uh, will be the impact on buyers and end consumers? Uh, you know, we Aadhaar took about, I think, nine years uh, to reach billion. Uh, and then UPI took, took about three years or four years to uh, get to a billion transactions. What do you see the impact on end consumers and, you know, buyers? Um, I think uh, I think there are probably uh, two large sh- shifts that we may see in the consumer side. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I think there will be probably two major shifts in the consumer behavior, right? So, number one, which is the most obvious is, I think there will be more number of people who will buy goods and services digitally, uh, which is, you know, very simply the way uh, payments transformation is happening in India, where people went from, you know, making payments using cash and check to actually making digital payments. Uh, Similarly, I think the number of buyers in India who will essentially start uh, ordering or, you know, buying services and goods online will just increase. Uh, One way to look at this tailwind is how many people are going to be doing UPI transaction because um, let's say if we qualify the bare minimum necessity to do a digital transaction is to be able to make a digital payment. Uh, so essentially, if there are going to be, my estimation is in the next five years, we may have like at least 500 to 600 million people actively transacting on UPI in India. So, you know, all of them will most likely be, um, you know, users who will start buying goods and services digitally. I think this is number one behavioral shift or major shift that we will see. The second one, I think, which is um, a very unique Indian problem, which is maybe convert more of the COD orders into digital payment transactions. Uh, So what ONDC is doing is it's basically unbundling the ecosystem to seller ecosystems and buyer ecosystems. And I think we can expect applications and, you know, innovation that will be done around the buyer side, which gives the guarantee to the buyer, which gives the trust to the buyer. Uh, so that you know there will be a lot of innovation also that will happen on that buyer side of payments for example by unbundling this buyer apps can provide roshan for example a better consumer durable loan to be able to buy something uh, you may be able to you know get a you know a very product specific you know loan or a, a line from your bank or your lender to be able to buy uh, or you will probably be using something like upi uh, or you could even be innovating on the buyer side by having something called UPI auto pay, where Roshan can tell the buyer app saying, hey, I am giving you a payment instruction. It's a standing instruction. But, you know, hey, cut my money from my bank account only when the product is delivered. Uh, so, you know, there are these innovations that will probably happen by this unbundling so that the seller apps or the seller ecosystem is focused on bringing more and more sellers on board. But on the other side, buyer apps will innovate uh, on enabling more and more buyers on board. There are also some very interesting concepts that we hear from the ecosystem. You know, any uh, the most exciting thing about building ecosystems is, is when people think about use cases which you have not thought about, which blows your mind and you know, you're like, oh, we never thought about it. We were we just wanted to build a network, but you know, but somebody's actually, for example, someone's thinking about enabling group buying to happen. Um, so there could be apps which are probably which could build 
you know, group buying features for a specific cohort of people, uh, which will enable them to, you know, get better prices, better discovery and so on and so forth. So there is all sorts of innovation that could happen on the buyer side. And, um, you know, I'm most excited about the things that we don't know uh, than the things that we know will happen. Yeah, I think what UPI has done is it's made our internet penetration monetizable, right? Uh, and I think uh, ONDC will perhaps take the, takes that, uh, you know, a couple of steps further uh, in that regard. Um, Mr. Koshi, if you look at the seller side, we've seen massive adoption post-COVID, uh, you know, in terms of digital tours and whatnot. Um, how do you expect uh, this to take it to that next level uh, in terms of adoption? While you saw a significant increase in adoption, specifically when some, you know, the way the adoptions, I will say in two ways. One is somebody has sort of joined some platforms which essentially even still it is in one or two percent and uh, some people will shoot some other digital means like using a phone or a whatsapp and so on and so forth as a messaging uh, mechanism to reach across but if you uh, you know but on the other side the potential is really really huge as i said uh, it's only about a percentage so one of the challenges that used to uh, be expressed by the various seller community was that the current you know, the, the system where we have only two or three large platforms and some of them expects that the one, um, that the sellers will join as per the rules prescribed by the, the, the platforms. That means the central uh, platforms decide how the business to be done, which may not be what uh, may, very many people would like to sort of do that. Um, and um, secondly, they also have their own uh, uh, pricing mechanism, which may not be what is comfortable for everybody. So the pe different people have different expectations, whereas the offers are only limited. Uh, now, on the other side, um, and then if you want to have a broader cross-section of buyers, uh, they need to be there in multiple platforms, which is adding into cost. Now, the ONDC is that, that they are creating a pool of buyers on one side, which is open to every seller. And when the pool is uh, currently probably the pool might be brought by this couple of uh, platforms, might be a couple of hundred million. But on the other side, when uh, uh, the entities who have large number of digital consumers, not in the e-commerce side, but in the other side, for example, telco, fintech, banks, and so on and so forth. Uh, when they all bring their buyers onto the market, you're talking about a market as big as India's population or uh, who have some kind of access. In fact, one of our uh, partners in the sense who's also an investor as well as somebody who's speaking MR, uh, you know, becoming our um, network participant is CSE, Citizen Service Center, as you are aware. You know, they have like presence in for more than four, uh, 400,000 villages. And they would say that even for the people who do not have... Um, their own uh, phones or computers to access, they will make an assisted buying a possibility. So when you have this large, almost a billion people coming onto the market and uh, the buyer and the sellers having a choice to reach across to the relevant segment of sellers at their own terms and condition, you're talking about a different um, you know, paradigm. And in this different paradigm, as in the case of physical market, variety of people will come. In the current digital market, this paradigm is very limited. If you look at our physical market, you have a variety of people. Now, like I said earlier, from five star to two star to discount stores to premium stores and so on and so forth. So we will see all of them coming together in a healthy market here, uh, which is digital now, which is where uh, people are generally getting comfortable because life is moving digital in very many ways, not just in uh, commerce, uh, whether it is in payment, whether it is in government services, uh, in accessing government services or in education or in health. 
you know, the general usage of digital medium is increasing. And then the way I look at it is like as in the case of the physical market, variety of segments of uh, buyers and sellers will come together without being restricted in any way of being a captive audience of any particular party. I mean, I think that's the biggest difference. And also, I think seller enablement as well, right? I mean, today we have, uh, you know, plug and play framework uh, to basically start a business on a weekend, uh, right? Uh, I kind of expect this also to have, let's say, uh, delivery partners or some other value added service uh, partners and so on as well, right? Yeah, that's true. See, when you say plug and play, it is actually plug and play into the specific model. Sorry, into the specific models of one or two available. Whereas uh, being a... Now that this is protocolized, uh, I would rather say there are a number of parties developing uh, multi- different kinds of seller applications, meeting the requirement of different segments. And those will all be available as a ready, ready to be used, uh, you know, application that is available in the market. Um, so Nikhil, just continuing on that thread, right? Um... What are the what are some of the applications that you expect people will build over it, and you know how will the integration with the broader India stack work? Yeah, uh, you know when Koshi was talking about it, I was just reminded of you know if you remember Roshan, you know when we were growing up, uh, one of the roles the government played in our lives, you know, in, in terms of commerce, was to create these shopping complexes or shopping markets. Um, you know, for those of us in Bangalore, you know, we remember that there used to be these BDA complexes, uh, which used to be built by the Bangalore Development Authority, uh, which used to be basically, in some sense, you know, the physical equivalent of an open marketplace, right, where it allowed sellers to come and sell, you know, if you go to Jainagar shopping complex, you'll see everything from clothes to fruits to vegetables to bras to whatnot um, and uh, you know or you know when we think about markets in delhi like chani chowk or you know sarojini market or so on where you know there is all sorts of sellers who come and sell uh, and when koshi was talking about ondc you know i was just reminded of that you know in some sense uh, imagine if the person is now not restricted to just sell in sarojini market what if you could get Sarojini market on your application sitting here in Bangalore? Similarly, what if someone could get, you know, the Jayanagar shopping complex in, you know, in somebody sitting in Bombay and maybe somebody, you know, who's selling something in Assam and that access is in like Chennai, right? Um, And I think that's really the biggest uh, power of this because you know in you know in taking these you know by government taking this lead by setting up something like ondc by bringing this standardization it leads to network effects uh, otherwise you know the current marketplaces that are there today are more like closed loop systems which yeah. is like hey you know i will do the buyer side i will do the seller side so therefore this but by unbundling and creating a network, you essentially have chances of massive network effects to happen. Where there could be an app developer, uh, you know, in say in Tamil Nadu, who's just focused on digitizing rural shops or rural Kirana shops in a specific area. Um, there could be somebody like the example that I was talking about on crafts. There could be somebody just doing this in Banaras, uh, where the, someone could probably just build a Banaras seller app for silk and could probably onboard you know uh, people who are selling saris and kurtas and whatnot 
Um, I think the two mental models of where we'll see innovation is on the buyer side as on the seller side. Now to your question about what kind of apps will get built, I think the the most exciting thing about this is that you know earlier if you were to build an e-commerce company or a marketplace you had to do all the hard work the whole nine yards by yourself you had to acquire the consumers you had to acquire the sellers you had to build a logistics business you had to build a good payment experience uh, you had to build good dispute resolution all of that stuff now by essentially decentralizing this by federating this you now have more people who can do niche stuff really, really well. Um, so I think what that will lead to is combinatorial innovation, right? For example, there could be an application that might build, uh, you know, billing plus payment collection via UPI uh, plus, you know, order management through ONDC and tax filing through GST APIs, right? So think about a world where this you know seller who will come to the formal ecosystem hopefully that ondc will drive more commerce to these businesses and the second order effect of this will be that more and more businesses are getting formalized so if your revenues increase so you will become a gst registered business and therefore you will have you know other benefits like access to formal credit you know improve your margins by getting input tax credit and so on and so forth right so i think um on the seller side it's going to be this and you know when sellers orders are getting digitized when their tax is getting digitized now credit to these sellers will also get digitized uh, so you know initiatives like okin which is you know aimed at enabling better credit or uh, more credit to sme business owners will probably see uh, okin as a uh, sorry ondc as a way to enable or use data from ONTC to do better underwriting and be able to provide formal credit. So I think that's the integration that will happen on the seller side, which is basically your formalization, uh, you know, uh, your tax and accounting automation, uh, better access to formal credit, you know, easier reconciliation and, you know, low cost payment uh, collection through UPI. Uh, beautifully, all things of India stack come in uh, to basically make that Jodhpuri seller or that Banaras silk seller's life fully digital. And on the buyer side, um, like I said, uh, you know, there will be a neo banking experience of neo commerce, right? So uh, the reason I'm using this is that, you know, we know, we know you banking in a particular way. And then you had these UPI apps that delivered this neo banking payment experience for you. I think there will similarly be neo-commerce. What I mean by that is there will be new ways of buying, um, you know, where maybe, you know, Roshan could just open his uh, app, a buying app and talk in Canada and say, you know, I want a place of Upit or I want a place, I want a plate of Idli Vada and, you know, the app will search uh, who are the Idli Vada sellers nearby you and say, hey, Roshan, do you want to place an order? Um, I think that's really the most exciting thing, uh, you know, about about this, uh, where people could do a lot of innovation. Like I said, ne the re the word the the re I'm using the word neo commerce because there will be a new way of buying buyer apps, which will have you know new ways of buying, which is you know not the way things are today, and it'll be 10x better than what it is. Uh, so I'm very excited about 
on the consumer side as well, uh, people will have access to credit because what it does is it allows lenders to now do what we call as purpose-based loans. Uh, for example, if Roshan is, let's say, you know, uh, technically you could also build, book a, a chow tree for a wedding on ONDC, right? As uh, Koshi was explaining, it's just not goods, it's also services. Uh, so technically a bank can even give you a loan to, you know, book catering service or it could give you a loan to you know book a chow tree or it could even give you a loan to uh, you know educational services can also be you know part of ondc as per as per the spec in the future so this allows what we call as purpose linked loans uh, and i think um, you know uh, as koshi was saying and uh, i've heard him say this many times that you know commerce is a very good proxy of the growth of uh, a country's economy, right? Like, yeah. how do what do you how, what do you measure on the measure of a country's growth is actually on commerce. Um, you know, one of the light bulb moments that happened to me, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, and ever since I've been bugging and chasing Koshi on you know building on ONDC is I realized that all things that we have been doing on India stack, whether it's identity, giving someone bank account and giving them credit. Uh, you know, people, we used to say all roads lead to lending, but all roads of lending actually lead to commerce, if you really yeah. think about it. Um, so, you know, everything is actually a subset of commerce. You know, identity, payments, lending is actually to enable more and more business to happen in a country, right, at country scale. So if more business happens, then more the country grows and more, you know, the the faster our economy grows. Uh, so now it all makes sense on why we've been doing all these public digital platforms and ONDC is the next logical step in India's public digital platform infrastructure work. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I think also we'll probably see verticalized uh, marketplaces or ecosystems uh, emerge, right? Um, so I can think of plenty, I mean, either on the agriculture side or uh, elsewhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, this also improves formalization and gives an additional incentive for people to formalize as well. So overall, I mean, uh, many different positives. Um, Mr. Koshi, what does the roadmap look like? You know, what can we expect uh, in the coming months and years? No, in the coming months, I mean, like I said, uh, our expectation is that we would see the market concentration significantly coming down. I mean, that's a big opportunity that you're seeing. What it means is larger participation from the buyer and sellers instead of concentrated participation. That's a long-term issue. So, but, uh, so that we, we, we see that it's a journey. It's not an end in itself. But in a short term, we would see probably by August, uh, we are going to see something like a, a presence of ONDC in about 100 cities. And uh, that's what I'm trying as a short-term target. And by the end of the year, maybe we present there and, uh, uh, you know, all, <clears throat> practically almost all the all the cities and towns. So these are the kind of aggressive targets that we are trying to work on. And we, uh, we sort of um, uh, hope that, uh, you know, that uh, aggressive mindset that the whole participant network is showing today will help us to achieve this, you know, very, very diversified and well-dispersed market taking shape in the uh, in the coming years 
Well, uh, thank you so much uh, again, uh, Mr. Koshi, for joining us. Thank you, Nikhil, as well. Uh, I think India is really uh, pioneering this whole tech-led policy making, uh, which is really fantastic to uh, see, and and that too at our uh, scale, right? Uh, which is billion plus. Uh, so, thank you again for uh, joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roshan. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bharat Vartha Podcast. If you want to see more content like this, then don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We started Bharat Vartha to facilitate long-form discussions on politics, policy, and culture. We don't necessarily endorse anything that was said in this episode. If you wish to offer us feedback, do reach out to us on social media. We are at Bharat Vartha on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You could also get in touch with us on our website www.bharatvartha.in. The links are in the description below. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and jai.